W.E. Crew, Dan O'Mac, Big Kaz, Jaybird, Nick the Gooch, and your host, Brokowski. What up, 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 everybody? Today we have an episode that is dedicated to science. Because we have a very special guest. We have the mad scientist himself, Vinny Ratlock, joining us today. Vinny, how are you doing today? I am doing rather well. I hope you gentlemen are doing good. Um, all three of you, right? You don't have your clones with you, do you? No, it's just us today. We left them behind. <laughs> okay, then. Well, I mean, if, if you do happen to lose them, I do have the barcodes uh, tattooed onto the back of their necks. So we should be able to get, uh, retrieve them. Excellent, excellent. Now we're going to go ahead and let Big Cass go ahead and hit you up with some questions because we want to hear about your origin story, my man. Very well. All right. Did we lose Big Cass already? Yeah, we lost Big Cass. Vinny, thanks again for coming on. And we're going to wrestling. Was it on TV, watching with a family member at a friend's house? Uh, what was it? What was your first experience with wrestling, professional wrestling? Honestly, my very first experience with uh, professional wrestling uh, was a small uh, promotion that was at the fairgrounds. It was, I believe, AWA. It was ran by Dick the Bruiser. And uh, at the time I was there, I think I was about four years old. Um, and I went actually to go see uh, the local TV horror host, uh, Sammy Terry. Um, and at the same time they had a ring set up and I remember my, my father let me know when I was four about how I just paused and watched all the wrestling going on. And it was like Dick, the bruiser and crusher and all them and stuff. And I'm four years old. So this is like 1986 at the time. And then I started watching a little bit, uh, of wrestling on the television after I, I liked watching it's it. It's familiar there. to me growing up. We had a dog that we had named dick the bruiser because he uh looked very similar in the face <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he's 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 got a he's got a face for radio um <laughs> but yeah no i uh we we watched some of the saturday night main events for what back when it was wwf and then i remember we went to uh, i believe it was wrestlemania 8 uh was one of the ones uh, but before that, there was another, uh, don't, it wasn't a pay-per-view. It was just a live show. And I remember watching uh, Hulk Hogan versus Kamala and uh, the Hart Foundation uh, with, went against uh, Demolition. And we were up in the nosebleed seats. This was back at uh, Market, uh, Market Square Arena. That's how long ago it was when that was still standing. But yeah, I watched that, and I actually attended uh, that WrestleMania that was in Indianapolis. And those were all the big ones that I hit. And then just basically watching it all through television, 
not really experiencing anything other than uh, WWF or WWE until uh, I think it was uh, at my friend's house in Mooresville. He had one of the special channels that got ECW. And that's when I started discovering, like, I was watching ECW and how they were. And then, like, shortly after that is when WWE became the Attitude Era. And I was one of the few people at the schools going, they're, they're ripping off another promotion. <laughs> and I was actually able to witness. Uh, I was there the night when they were at uh, what, what they call the Mur- what was the Murat. And I forget what they call it now, but it was the night where they had uh, Mike Austin go up against Taz. So you had at the time when Taz was with... Uh, WWE and Mike Awesome was with uh, WCW and they had Mike Awesome drop the belt to Taz. So you had two different two two of the battling promotions show up on ECW uh, to have that that match. And I remember I was actually leaving early. And as I was leaving early, uh, Mike Awesome and the judge were both in the stairwell getting ready to come up to make their appearance. Nobody knew they were going to be there. And uh, I got to t- take a couple shots of them as they're waiting there on the stairs and stuff. And he goes, my cousin looked at me, he goes, you're going to miss, you're going to miss the match. And I went, oh, I was just looking for a bathroom. <laughs> and I got up there and he goes, well, go in first. Don't let them know that I'm coming up. I was like, okay. So I, I walked into the, back into the, the, the area where they were, had the show, like 30 seconds. So I remember I come in and a bunch of people like looked back and saw me and I was just, you know, just going back to my seat and when mike awesome came through nobody turned back to look and then one person was like oh my god it's mike awesome they all freaked out i just remember i come in 30 seconds before he did and everybody shoots a look over and even had one of the guys with the camera pan over at me and he was like oh, <laughs> i was like man i wish they would have left that in that would have been a great <laughs> a great start to a career <laughs> So yeah, that's that was a lot of my experience. That's all. <laughs> Who were some of your favorite wrestlers growing up that you like to watch? Growing up, uh, I mean, everybody has their favorites, you know, uh, Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, whatnot. My favorites were like Demolition, um, the Bushwhackers, or the Sheepherders. I, I like seeing some of the over top. Uh, characters. Papa Shango was one of my favorites and uh, absolutely loved Jake the Snake Roberts with how he was just the he he was so good uh, during that during his time there just being completely psychological and how he always got into everybody's heads and whatnot and uh, I, I do try to model some of when I, when I conduct my experiments and whatnot, and then I, I like to do a lot of prop work and, and whatnot. And Jake, the snake even proved a, a lot of times where you don't have to do a whole lot if you're good at telling a story. And that was one of my goals when I became a professional wrestler is I want to make sure that the fans see a story and not just a bunch of moves. So, because that's, you, you do a whole bunch of moves and you know, that's great, but what else can you do? Right, what, right. What's, what's right. Gonna keep, Us, we all here love the stories. 
matter of fact, that was uh, one of the things even uh, one, of the, one of the conversations me and uh, Schwartzy had was the whole that's that's great that you can do a bunch of moves and he was the one that he was one one of the first people to say it too it's great if you can do a whole bunch of moves but if you can't tell a story you're going to lose interest with the fans you you have you have to engage and a lot of the wrestlers that were my favorites were because they engaged with the fans you know they looked for that hard cam or they take even the bad guys took a time out and said shut up you know, something like that that got the fans, you know, enamored or enveloped into the match. That's what's important. So Stop. transitioning, you, you're growing up, you've watched a lot of wrestling from the age of four. When was it that you made the decision that that is what you want to do, that you want to become a professional wrestler? I was 16 years old, went to my second ever independent wrestling show. I don't remember the town, but it was in an armory. And I know the promotion, but because of what they did to me, I will not name them. Um, but people will know who they are because I watched, uh, it was the second match in, it was Nate the Spider Web. And I got to watch him wrestle, and he had to have been a teenager as well, and seeing everything that he did in that ring. And I remember at 16 walking up to him. And having him sign just my random blue shirt that I was wearing. And I looked at him and I said, I am going to become a professional wrestler one day. Just because watching you, you make me believe that I, I can do it. And he just went, awesome. And walked away. <laughs> and I was like, I got to make it happen. And, <laughs> and even, even more so because I was still going to high school. So when I told people I was going to be a pro wrestler, I had everybody telling me that I was just I was ate up and, you know, and back in the day, people didn't know that there were independent professional wrestling. They call it amateur. You know, it's like, well, no, we still get paid. We're still professionals at it. You know, and the rules are a little more lax from amateur wrestling. But yeah, if you weren't in WWE, you were just considered a backyard wrestler. And and nowadays, you know, we do have professional wrestling promotions in the backyard. It's just an easier place to get it because these venues are really trying to uh, trying to cut our throats recently. So, but yeah, no, it, it did. It was like, and I was doing everything I could to try to figure out and find a way to become a professional wrestler as fast as possible, just so I could prove to all the naysayers, you know, if you want to do it and you honestly believe that you can, you will. So, and I did, and I am. I mean, I hope so. I'm talking to you guys about it. <laughs> it's funny that you threw that Nate Webb story in there, and it kind of came full circle. That last Flophouse show, you guys had a nice little spot. Nate Webb hit a home run off of you, and uh, <clears throat> the, and the I, crowd went wild for it. That we was were, incredible. The funny thing I thought, the funny thing that I thought was when I felt it hit me and I went over, if you watched the video that you guys shot so wonderfully, you see everybody closest to the camera actually look around to see where the ball went. <laughs> and I'm going backwards over the top rope <laughs> and they're more worried about where that ball went, <laughs> which was funny yeah, because after that was done and I went into the bar, I, uh, somebody said, I wonder where that ball went. And I, the match was over. I came walking back in through the bar and the ball is just laying there. 
with everybody's feet stomping around and I just like bent down. I was like, excuse me, bent down, picked it up, walked away. <laughs> and a matter of fact, yeah, I still I, I got it right here. Signed. <laughs> and that's that's the one thing that really brought me back because I was gone for a while, but I became a fan of wrestling again. And that's what made me want to get back into the ring because for the longest time I, I I absolutely hated and detest professional wrestling. And then uh, stuff started happening that made me fall in love with it again, made me want to get back in. And things are working a lot better than it did back in the day. (laughs) Let's get into where did you train and who were some of your trainers when, after you decided at the age of 16 that you were going to be a professional wrestler, when did you finally decide to do it? And when did you find a school or trainers to do that? Well, my father reached out to the gentleman that ran the promotion um, and, uh, where I saw Nate Webb and he told me that if we paid $600 down, um, we, sh- we would show up the next couple months when they have their big training start for the new school and I'll pay, we'd pay the other 600 then, and they would give me six months of training and two matches guaranteed. So we came up with the cash and gave it to the gentleman. And then, uh, we showed up for the first day of practice and he told us that, He doesn't recognize us. He never received any money from us. And if we keep stating that we did and refuse to leave, he would have the cops remove us from their training facility. So that was a bust. And we paid in cash. We didn't have a receipt. So it was his word against ours. Wrestling. Um, However, uh, around my hometown at the time, which was Shelby County, there was another promotion that had just started and had only been around for about four months. And they were called at the time Midwestern Championship Wrestling. And it was run by uh, Bobo Brazil Jr. So I went there, showed up, and they wanted to know if they thought I had what it what took. And so they had me running the ropes. And this is without me actually going through a thing. They just said, take a bump and i did all right we'll jump up in the air and take a bump okay flip over and take a bump okay run the ropes hit the corners and i had done so much in the first like 20 minutes that one of the co-trainers uh screamed out this guy's an effing natural and i was like it's not that i was trying to be and like i said it, you know it's a brag but I had Bobo come and tell me after their little training segment, he goes, there's a couple things that you're shaky with, but would you like to be in our next show? I was like, uh, sure. When is it? He goes, uh, Saturday. So I had six days to prepare for my first show. <laughs> and it was just a run out. But I was like, okay. And so I did the show. And at the time, I was still wondering if I wanted to continue through it. And I actually had three fans stop me as I was taking off my wrist tape, asking me if they could have my wrist tape. And I balled it up into three little wrist tape balls and gave it to each of them. And they had me sign each one. And I was like, okay, I'm hooked. I got to be a wrestler. I have to stick with this now. (laughs) And I probably, I trained with them for a good part of training and wrestled with their group. And then they became New Era Wrestling, NEW. And um, it wasn't until the secondary owners that took over from Bobo, a uh, couple things happened. I I, call, I, I tried the uh, the speak out movement way too early, 
And uh, because of that, I lost a bunch of promotions because it was my word against the promoters. And, you know, if the promoters are working with each other and networking, they don't care what a little lowly wrestler says. So I left them and then worked at other little smaller promotions. Like I even, I was working in uh, two car garage promotions where they, their, their maximum people was 15 because they couldn't fit any more people, you know, and, and in a barn and that barn was one of the most beautiful, crazy promotions. We even had people from IWA mid South showing up to wrestle for them. And their, their ring was made out of scrap wood and scrap metal. Uh, <laughs> And they were known, uh, they were strictly hardcore wrestling, or strictly hardcore wrestling is what they were called. And I was one of the first people that showed up that didn't do hardcore. I just did funny things. And you should, it was crazy to watch a crowd pop over a hip toss. Popped louder than a light tube shot because they hadn't seen it before. <laughs> so, because like the match right before mine, there was like probably 130 light tubes that were busted. And then I show up and do a body slam, a hip toss and, and a drop kick. And you had 200 people in that barn losing their minds. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Oh, okay. Brandon's freezing. So take over. Oh, guys, is it cold? He's getting a little chilly over there. He he's freezing out. Still experimenting my dad jokes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so were you always wanting to go with the funny, the funny style and comedy style of wrestling versus kind of like going the death match route or like you said the hardcore style or like you know put some more flips and flams in your in your style of a match or were you happy doing that kind of comedy style or is that something that you just kind of really took off just recently with your second comeback i was no actually i was trying to become a death match i had actually done several death matches in the first part of um my career with uh, insanity pro uh they were from 2001 to 2012 or 13 i believe you know they had uh polarius well drake younger Scotty Vortex, OMG, you know, a lot of uh, people that became huge in like combat zone and whatnot. And, and I still remember, you know, when they were first training and they did a little conglomerate between the promotion I was working with and them. Uh, But at the time I was still trying to find out who I was. I was, I was experimenting. You know, I was experimenting with different characters and I remember uh, being friends at the time with some of the deathmatch wrestlers and people going, well, you can't. And that's the one thing is the minute they tell me I can't do something, I'm like, well, now I have to. And they're like, you can't be a deathmatch wrestler. So I was like, all right, threw my hat in the ring and started doing it. I remember one of the biggest deathmatches, two of the biggest deathmatches I was in was for insanity pro it was a 12 man fans bring the weapons battle royal death match and we had all the greats in there we had uh let's see they had corporal robinson brandon prophet scotty vortex omg clifton crunk um necro butcher uh jc bailey you know drake younger all of all of us were in that 
And I remember uh, trying to pull tax out of my head and Vortex makes his entrance, comes over with a two by four and breaks it in half on top of my head. <laughs> and I remember going like this, uh, putting my hand on my head going, I am never going to get those out. <laughs> and and uh, the finish was Necro Butcher hitting me over the head with a uh, carpenter strip uh, acoustic guitar. And after he broke it off over my head, he then gave me the spike, which, you know, back in the day, that's what he did. He, you know, put, take his thumb and place it right there into your collarbone and knock you out, kind of like the Vulcan death grip. And he was, the, everybody was like, okay, so he gets hit in the head with a guitar, but the only way he gets defeated is to knock him out completely. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I still remember receiving my, my $40 for that death match. <laughs> and I, I splurged and bought a steak at the Waffle House. <laughs> and wondering, I'm sitting there looking down at my steak going, I know I didn't put ketchup on this. Uh, <laughs> a little extra yeah, bloody that night. <laughs> got a little extra. I, I still remember uh, three weeks later finding a uh, staple in the back of my head. <laughs> I'm sitting there like it was very infective, and as I was squeezing it, when it popped, I, I suddenly pulled out a, a, a staple that they had used on me. But that was that was my first really big death match, and I was like, I can see myself doing this. And then after oh, it was 2009, we did a, a House of Pain match, and it was a barbed wire cage, 230 light tubes, eight fish bowls, a bowl of or not bowl, but a pool of lemon juice and uh, sea salt. That sounds horrible. Yeah, oh, it was, lemon juice and ouch. sea salt. It was it was me. Ouch. Um, and this this is th these are so obscure names. A lot of people have never heard of them before. But it was me. It was Isaiah Graves, a uh, guy by the name of Fat Stuff, uh, Josiah Kane, and uh, Sick and Insane Kyle Cobain. And we were all in that. We weren't even supposed to be in that match. But at the time, I was running my promotion down there, too. And we were called What the Fuck Wrestling. You might have to bleep that out. Sorry. But, no, you can uh, say whatever you want. Okay. Well, that was the whole point of WTFW is to have weird. I, I, I used it as, you know, my experiment. This is my lab. I make weird matches. We had the jukebox match where the time limit for your match was a song. We didn't tell you what song it was, but for the duration of the song, you had to beat your opponent within that time. So, you know, it could be Pink Floyd Echoes, which is 23 minutes and 26 seconds long, or it could be Tech Nine Stamina, which is 14 seconds. You don't know. And the fans loved it. We started working with bands to where they were giving us their songs, giving us permission to use so that we wouldn't get hit with copyrights or anything like that. You know, I was the first professional thumb wrestling uh, series we had. So you had people wrestling in the ring, but the only way you could beat them was by pinning their thumbs down, which currently our, our champion is Satu Jin. Uh, so hopefully we'll get him back to where he can successfully or unsuccessfully defend his title. But in that, that was just, it was, it was fun because being in control of the promotion, I, all these matches that I was wanting to create where I would bring it to other promoters and they would just crap all over it. It'll never work. It will never work. People are just going to go get their popcorn and their hot dogs at that time. Well, then running a promotion, I could say, I want to test this. Let's experiment. And a lot of them 
were working because the fans were seeing something fresh and new. And it was, it was, it was an awesome time at that time to be running that kind of a, a promotion and just flying from the seat of your pants, not knowing what's going to happen next. But uh, ultimately it was during that time is when I decided I want to be funny because I started doing more comedy spots and you know, you, you don't, you don't hurt as much. Save <laughs> <laughs> the body story. a little bit longer. I mean, I'm almost 40 now. So when I, when I came back, I mean, when I came back, my first match back after eight years was in a tables match against Justin Kyle. Oh, jeez, that man. Nice. Yeah. So, and the, everybody's like, oh, Justin Kyle's going to kill you. And I was like, you guys forget, I have like three inches on him and like a hundred pounds <laughs> and we had and I, it, I was i was telling myself this is probably going to be my first match back and my retirement match but after we had it you know i went through two doors and the second door i went off the top rope through and we got to the back and i just i just looked at couple of my buddies that remembered me from back in the day and they said so and i was like oh, i'm back i was like I, I can't i can't say no to this i mean I, yeah i swore off death matches i don't mind doing a little bit of light hardcore but i was having fun because the other guy like when i showed them who i was as you know the the, the weird scientist Vinny ratlock um i would love to conduct many experiments with your promotion and by ways of matchmaking because I am here to experiment on the entertainment of the fans. And he just let me go. He, he gave me full control of my stipulations for my matches. We, we had the, uh, we had the jam session match where it was nothing but musical instruments uh, involved as weapons. You know, we had a water jug match. <laughs> it, it had to be water jug apparatuses and whatnot. That was, that was fun. And that, that match actually is leading up to my match this Saturday for Panic at the Dojo too. So and I like I like to have everything connect somehow. Something that happened two years ago in one promotion is finally gonna come to a head two years later in a different promotion. So and then it makes people go, Well, why is this happening? Well, you have to go look back here. And it it's like that's why you have to always pay attention to weird things I'm doing because I may do a callback to something that happened in 2004. And now you're looking at logs and books and stuff trying to figure out what's going on. So, as you just brought up, this Saturday in Franklin, Indiana, at the Franklin Jiu Jitsu Club, ZPW will be there with Panic at the Dojo Part Two, Mojo Dojo. I love the name, by the way, too. It just it reminds me of Mojo Jojo from Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> a lot of people love that. <laughs> I just like saying Mojo Dojo. It's it, it it's real nice to say Mojo Dojo. You can say it fast and quick, and it just slides right off the tongue. It's perfect. And hopefully, we'll have our third one, which will be Dojo Shojo. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at that. You can just keep rhyming off of them. It's perfect. It's perfectly Dojo. set up. And then the fourth one, which is Dojo Agogo. So <laughs> then we got the fifth one. You can bring it back. Oh no, back at the dojo. Oh no, dojo. <laughs> well, no. If we get Chris, if we get Chris here, it'll be Dojo Oh no. <laughs> oh, there you go. I like that idea. That'll be enough to get him back. That'll be enough to get him to my show. <laughs> <laughs> what about we'll Pat? name it after you? 
<laughs> but, now, for those of you, for like us, who's actually never been to a ZPW show, is that something that we can expect? Like you were saying, the, the thumb wrestling championship or the jukebox matches, or, or is that stuff that's going to be included into this show? Almost every show will have something wild going on. Like um, we, we have weird championships. Like we have the uh, TWA, the trash bagging uh, title. In order to, to be a part of that group, you have to. You cannot have professional gear because the original term for a trash bag wrestler was a professional wrestler that did not have professional gear. They wrestled in street clubs, but the gimmicks got, um, or the dress, if you will, when you see John Cena coming out in sneakers and jeans or the Hardy boys wearing hot topic, mm-hmm. that was trash bagging. But you know, the other promotions were like, well, we don't want to call them that because they were, that was a hot topic bagger if you dressed up like a Hardy boy or you had the people wearing old uh, uh, military duds. So we called them duffel backers, you know? Uh, so they started going, Oh, well, a trash bagger is just like a backyard wrestler. It's like, no, they're a backyard wrestler. Cause I've seen backyard wrestlers with professional gear that their mommies and daddies bought, but then they don't know a lick of moves. You know, they, they, they don't know the difference between a wrist lock and a wrist watch. <clears throat> So it's like, no, a trash bagger is a professional wrestler, somebody who has training, but does not have proper gear. And that's one of our first matches. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be hilarious with that. But then with dojo is there is going to be more of a dojo influence because we are doing no ring wrestling, but not no ring deathmatch wrestling. See, right now we're the only promotion that is providing no ring dojo style wrestling. And you're going to see those, especially with uh, Jordan Dye going up against Mitch Onyx. Uh, we have Aaron Atlas going against Schwartzy. Schwartzy is our dojo master, uh, which he won the title when he went against Anthony Lee uh, back at our first uh, dojo show. But then we're going to have a little bit mixed up. We're going to have our first ever dojo tag match. And they're like, how are you going to do a tag match if you have no ropes and aprons and stuff? Well, you have to go and find out. And then once you see it, you'll be like, huh, that didn't work. Or, <laughs> or that did work, you know? Who knows? That's the best thing about experimenting in science. Failure is always an option. <laughs> because you learn, you learn from failure. <laughs> I mean, we have a dojo weapons match for the ZPW Street Corps Championship between uh, Reverend Charles Drake and Chet Ripley. Is his mom going to show up? Probably. <laughs> no, and our main event is a sumo rules gauntlet match. The object is to get your opponent, any of your opponent's body, out of the map, off of the map, and out of bounds, by any means necessary. And you have Remington Roar as our viral champion. But then you have other people like Paul Hedwig. Paul Hedwig is still new to the business, but he's a big guy. He's bigger than that fridge Remington Roar threw over his head. And he has experience with MMA. That Patrick, yep, who's a seventh degree black belt in multiple forms of judo and kung fu, coming to face Remington Roar. We have uh, from Ara and Leapfrog, Max Zero is coming to challenge Remington Roar for his title. Um, Austin, uh, oh, Austin's last name just escaped me, but he's Remington Roar's got seven or eight people, even Juniper. 
who competed for the belt in the very first cabin fever where he won the title by wrestling an inanimate object, a giant uh, refrigerator, throwing the refrigerator over his head and giving it a giant elbow drop, defeating it. And Juniper fought against a, uh, a cement expert and won her match. But by popular vote, Remington War won, becoming the championship. So Juniper's coming back trying to see if they can take the title. So it's going to be an amazing main event. And all, every match is going to be one heck of a banger. Like we have the F-13 champion, Matt Vengeance, is going to be defending his title for the last time against uh, Jason Wilde. The, whoever wins that gets that title retired with them and becomes our brand new horror core championship, which in order to be a horror core in, in that bracket, you have to have some kind of a dark natured persona. You can't be all light and cheery thinking you're going to go after a horror core title. No, you have to have something dark and creepy about you that would make it okay for you to have that kind of a championship. So there you go too. So that's that's an entirely weird new bracket. I mean, that's not even that has nothing because people are like, oh, horror course, so it's gonna be bloody and, and death matchy. It's like, no, it's supposed to be scary and creepy. You know, like, like wrestling matches you would see at like a midnight movie. So it's it's perfect. It is. And, and you know, speaking of the horror core championship. Jaybird actually wanted to talk to you about some of your horror cons that you've gone to because me and him go to horror cons, we're big fans of comic cons, and we've seen some of your work. So, Jaybird, go ahead. Yeah, man, like Josh said, you're a big horror con fan, man. Uh, I love the fact that you uh, dress up for the cosplays too, man. Are, have you always been into that? Or Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a nerd. Nice. Uh, one of my favorite cosplays I ever did was Man Thing, Marvel's Man Thing, which yes, came out before Swamp Thing. But uh, <laughs> I, I dress up as Man Thing. If anybody says Swamp Thing to me, trying to get a picture, I just keep walking. <laughs> keep walking. Nice. I, got, I found out Disney Plus is actually looking into doing a one-off uh, Halloween episode of Man Thing, so I'm stupid excited about that. As a matter of fact, I want to throw my hat in as one of the people to perform as him. <laughs> But yeah, like, I've I've even wrestled a couple of times as Jason Voorhees. So nice. and well, speak- uh, those were always fun. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of uh Jason Voorhees, uh, I seen you just made a new mask where you took like a dollar store mask and turned it into like a badass professional one. Oh yes. Oh and that's my thing is you know, because I learned how to sew back in the day just because I couldn't afford gear. So I learned how to make stuff. As a matter of fact, I've, I'm now currently one of the best, I, I like to say one of the best, but I'm, I'm one of the guys that a lot of uh, professional wrestlers are hitting up for uh, gear, to ra- gear to wear to the ring. Not to wrestling, but like cool masks, hats, glasses, goggles, shawls, stoles, overcoats, any kind of fun apparatus that would help uh, get people to understand their characters. They're now hitting me up. This weekend, when you see uh, when Carver comes out to Flop House, you're going to see one of his new in ring masks, and when you see it, you're you're going to be floored by it. And I love it, and it took me about three weeks to to make, and I'm extremely proud of it. And it's it's a high dollar mask that I usually sell at conventions, and he's going to look great wearing that. 
So, but I also made the crown he wears uh, because he was Prince of the Death matches last year. And I, I made a crown out of uh, fingers and toes and whatnot. So, yeah, that was an awesome crown, man. I remember that. That's sweet. You made it. I didn't realize that. Oh, that yeah. wicked. Big in the horror. So, it's like if you want something crazy, if you want a custom hockey mask, like I'm getting ready to do a series of wrestling uh, Jason masks. I plan to make a Mankind, uh, a Zodiac. Um, a Rey Mysterio and just like I like looking at themes and stuff so like if Jason and Rey Mysterio were just you know smashed together or do the uh, what would they look uh, like you know nice oh yeah that's an awesome idea you know so I even uh, even though Zodiac and me are going to be squaring off against each other and uh, whoever loses the wager has to eat something gross in front of everybody that Saturday, uh-huh. this Saturday so Odds may not be in my favor. If I, I mean, if I lose the wager, it's just going to be an, it's just going to be like every Tuesday and Thursday. So it's not that right? big. It'll be but, all for science. But if Zodiac loses, to be on the other end and watching that, <laughs> you can see how satisfying it is. <laughs> Who knows? Zodiac's reaction may be enough to where I, I, I lose my job on Wake and Bake. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have anything to worry about losing your job on Wake and Bake. Uh, Schwartzy says you bring the ratings in. I don't see him. See, I don't <laughs> think that that's entirely true. I understand and I, I appreciate um, uh, the glory that he gives me, but there would be no Wake and Bake without Schwartzy. He is, he was my driving force to being a part of it. And when he talk, tells the story about how he was down and out for the count. And how I told him is because I saw how he was doing this. And I've seen so many people. And that's the thing with wrestling. You see so many people have a dream. And you see little obstacles that, from my point of view, it's barely a speed bump. But in their point of view, because that finish line feels so close that when any mild obstacle becomes a mountain in front of them and they feel like they cannot reach the summit. And that's why I did what I did with him when his laptop uh, crapped out on him. I said, well, we're getting you, we're, we're doing this. We did the Schwartz Ethan. We helped him raise enough. And he's got one of the top of the line uh, uh, computer systems now. And we're, we're doing great. We're, we're doing an amazing job on this morning show and, and people like you, you know, you, you guys have been a sponsor for wake and bake for one of the longest times. It's you guys in the snuggy hour. So for you guys to have faith in us, you know, that's why I'm like, we can't, we can't just stop. Like I do everything for my phone, you know, I'm lucky enough that as long as I have decent Wi-Fi or I'm within 5G, I, I film for my phone almost all the time. I, there's always a, I don't like seeing obstacles as a way to, to, to stop you. I, I like seeing obstacles as a way to see how you can improve yourself. How can you get over that obstacle? And that's how I saw it when it felt very down and out when the laptop crashed for wake and bake. And we, we rose above it. Everybody showed the love that I told him he had and we're doing awesome. Now we're, we're affiliate with Twitch, you know, all of our stuff is Twitch exclusive and we keep growing every day. 
And it's, it's a wonderful thing. And it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. It was one of the things I wanted to do when I was a kid. I said, man, I'd love to be like a morning talk show host or something like that. And I'm doing it. Anything that you have in your life that you want to complete, if you want it bad enough and you want to believe in yourself, you can do it. As long as you just keep going. If you let any object get in your way and slow you down or make you turn the other way, you've lost the battle. You just have to constantly push along. Whether you, whether it's money, whether it's items, people, you know, I, I wrestled, I've wrestled now over 20 years and there's still tons of people that tell me that they'll support me, but still haven't bought a ticket. Still haven't even seen me in person. Do I let it get to me? No. Because there's for every one person that doesn't that I know that doesn't want to buy a ticket to see me, I know there's probably 10 or 20 others that will buy a ticket to see me. And those are the people that I'm thankful for. Those are the people that I perform for. Well, Vinny, we appreciate you for joining us. Before we let you go, let our listeners know um, the the date and location and time for Saturday and also Give everybody your social media and your YouTube channel so everybody can uh, find you uh, on social media and your YouTube. Very well. Um, so once again, we only have five tickets remaining. They're $15 advanced, $20 at the door. I'm hoping not to charge anybody $20, but it will be in Franklin, Indiana, just off the 65 exit on 2139 Holiday Road at the Franklin Jiu-Jitsu Club. Very decent sized building for zpw's atw's panic at the dojo to mojo dojo and if you want to see anything i'm a part of one of my biggest parts is wake and bake with schwartzy mm-hmm, on twitch and then there's also a uh, youtube.com slash network it's where you see me make all kinds of cool math and i taste test items and i do chuggings as well and then there's also uh, com, which is the streaming wrestling channel uh, with all of my shows, past, presents, and hopefully some future ones, as well as other uh, fun things like me becoming a horror movie host. I have two specials up right now. I have a Halloween special and a Christmas special, and we're getting ready to have another one drop, hopefully by next month. Um, other than that, uh, Twitter, uh, you can find me at BoatHandR. Uh, because that used to be a, a former <laughs> variation of myself when I had a boat for a hand. Um, and uh, you can find me on TikTok at Benny Ratlock. And those are all the big ones. So, well, again, thank you for joining us. I'll have yep. some more stuff for you to eat shit on, on Sunday. <laughs> so you'll have that for Wake and Bake. But uh, we'll talk to you soon, Benny. Thank you guys very much. It was an honor to be a part of this podcast with you guys supporting us. And I'm very happy to be supporting you. And an awesome shirt, by the way. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. And nobody saw that. <laughs> I know. But you did. That's what matters. We do it all the time, too. Nobody this sees it. It's a little secret. Lifting up the shirt that says Vinny each shit. Like an, an automated electronic voice. <laughs> Thank Dude, you, Vinny. And we will see you. Me. Josh and Brandon will see you Sunday at Flophouse. I will see you guys at Flophouse and you will see me hopefully from a successful experiment in the ring, unlike last time. But thank you for your help. Uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. Science. 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 He blinded me with science.
for real, that Mojo Dojo sounds really, really good. We did get the invite to come out, but we're just uh, logistically, we can't make it out to Indianapolis on Saturday. We will be there for Flop House on Sunday, and he understands. Uh, it was a last second invite, but um, we definitely plan on checking more of Vinny Ratlock stuff out. So hit him up on um, on TikTok. He does have a Vinny Ratlock Facebook page. Um, and then his Zavadas uh, network on um, YouTube. Let's bring in our next guest. Bringing in our next guest. Somebody that if you don't know, I guarantee you, you have seen footage, his own footage. Because this man has been putting in work like a motherfucker and supporting Michigan wrestling like crazy. Frio, you there, hard cam? Here, yes. Yeah, that's what's up, buddy. How you doing today? <laughs> Frio, can you hear us? Did he Frio, hear himself? Frio, what? can you hear us? Uh, kind of. My Wi-Fi is cutting in and out. It's okay. Brandon froze out on us too today. Must be all this nice weather, you know, knocking out Wi-Fi's and stuff like that. Right. It's probably that that ten point seven thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel slowing you down. So damn uh, popular, my man. I guess. <laughs> you know, no. Let's let's give 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 yourself some credit. Uh, we wanted you to come on. We wanted you to talk about your YouTube channel. We wanted to talk about your new venture that you're doing as well. So, I, damn. Go ahead, Josh. I'm gonna look up his YouTube channel right now so we can get his exact number of of subscribers. All right, hard cam. You know we know your story, but we want to get your story out to the fans here. When and how did you decide that you wanted to start recording and putting them up on your own YouTube channel? Uh, basically, just like out of boredom, kind of. It's like instead of taking photos, I just wanted to decide, try to decide like recording. And, yeah. And how long have you been a wrestling fan? Pretty much your whole life? About like 12 years, I think. How'd you start finding wrestling? Was it something that you came across or was it video games or? Uh, those video games for sure. Video games for sure. Who was your favorite wrestler to use? Uh, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Awesome. I would have been mad if you would have said Randy Orton because I couldn't stand him in the games. That RKO <laughs> out of nowhere always pissed me off. So currently hard cam has 10.7 thousand subscribers. And you have 378 videos posted. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for some kind of Michigan independent wrestling matches um, in Michigan, hard cam does a little traveling. You're going to be able to find, you'll probably be able to find it on his YouTube channel. What are the videos match or the matches that you've posted that have the most views? Uh, Brutus Atwell versus Madman Pondo at like Horse Slam back in December. And how many views off the top of your head? Uh, I think like 560,000. Wow, it's a big number. It's a big number. Yeah, I know. Also, uh, Chuck Stein match had a lot of views before the Brutus Atwell Pondo match, yeah. too. That was up there. 
That was like 300,000. Wow. That's just incredible. It is. Did you ever think that you'd have that many views when you started doing this YouTube? Uh, No, I did not at all. (laughs) (laughs) You're basically just starting out doing it for people like us that ain't able to make it to the shows. And you just record your favorite match of the night. Yeah, well, I used to record every match at PWAS. And then I just kind of started recording my own, what I thought was cool. Yeah, and you said, I've seen you post before that the death matches are pretty yeah. much one of your highlights. Yeah. They're the ones that get your most views. Yeah, like I think uh, Tommy Vendetta versus John Wayne Murdoch at like Horror Slam versus GCW2 is like 600,000. Man, those are literally unbelievable numbers. Yeah. I'm looking at his YouTube channel right now, and you can definitely see where the death matches is what gets the most views for sure. Um, now, you, you want to see people bleed. That's why, man. Everyone wants to see people get hurt. Do you have a favorite match that you recorded? That's just, it might not be your most views, but it's something that like, that's the one that you just love out of all of them. Uh, honestly, I don't watch my matches that I record mostly. Just post them and call it good. Yeah. Nice. That's a true artist. He knows perfection. Let me put it this way then. Who are some of your favorite people to record? Um, I like Briar. Briar's like up there. Uh, Chuck Stein, and like, like Tommy Vendetta. All that's crazy like, guys. All that's put my, on great matches. That's my top three. Now, also to your YouTube channel, you've also kind of broke in into graphic designs and making graphics and posters for promotions now. Is that something that you always planned on doing? Or was uh, that just something that you stumbled upon with boredom, playing around just, with stuff? It was just bo- out of boredom, just trying my hand at stuff. And, uh, yeah. And now, you know, you make some pretty, pretty damn good posters as is. And to my knowledge, I believe that you're actually going – to school for graphic design to better that skill. Correct. What uh, what school will you be going to? Uh, I'm going to Wayne County Community College in Detroit. Excellent. Now, also with you being in Detroit, if you also follow Hard Cam's YouTube or uh, Facebook page and Instagram, you're also a photographer too on the side. I would say. You like to get going into a, abandoned buildings yeah. and, and checking old schools and haunted houses and stuff like that. How, how did that come about? Uh, honestly, I don't know. Just like driving around and just taking photos. Now, speaking of driving around, uh, you actually put in some miles more than some wrestlers just yeah. to get videos and photographs and stuff just to go to different shows. What's one of your favorite promotions that you like to go to? Like not downriver? Yeah, outside of the downriver area. Um, Like Mr. Chainsaw for one and then like RPW. Yeah. 
Definitely. And then yeah. after this weekend, yeah. if I'm correct, you'll be able to check off Flophouse, right? Yeah. You know, it, yeah, you're, it's, you're, you're... It, it's funny because when you, you come Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, usually you start seeing some of the uh, talent around here post where they're going to be at and everything. Hard cam. We, we all wait in anticipation to see what shows you're going to be at every week. Cause you post where you're going to be at. So we know, Hey, he's going to be at this show. So hopefully he gets this match and, and, and gets it up on his YouTube. But you, you got a pretty full week and you're doing both nights of the death match, uh, the murder city cup this week. Yeah. Am I right. And then you're yeah. doing capital pro and flop house. Yes. You're putting in a lot of miles. Yeah. I'm not driving the flop. I mean, the Lansing or flop house. So. Well, you also shoot promos for Atlas. Yeah. I've done a few for him. So you do a few for Atlas. How is that different from shooting the matches? Because he kind of like tells me like what he wants, and like it's like like cuts and takes and all that. So it's structured compared to the, yeah. where the matches. Gotcha. Yeah, you always seem to be in the right spot at the right time when you're filming these matches. Is there anything, or is it just instinct on where it's, to go? I think it's just like instinct, like where I think the action's going to be at. I'll tell you what, this is not an easy thing to do. Um, a couple years ago, Rick Cartier asked me to film his match with Briar at the three-year Horror Slam show. And uh, they were at Drink Saloon yeah, and that back lot that was yeah. fenced in. Um, filming matches is not easy to do. So the fact that you film you have over 300 of them up on your page. Um, is there a lot more that you have that you haven't posted? No, all the videos I posted are the shows I've been at. So you've, you don't have anything that you haven't posted. Maybe just haven't put out something for a particular show, but you don't have anything that you've recorded that you haven't put out. I don't have anything. No. Gotcha. You've been at, IWR, I'm seeing um, stuff yeah. from IWR. You, you've also got some concerts up on yeah. your. Is that something you're going to continue to post as well when you go to concerts? Yeah, I'm going to try to at least. What was one of your favorite concerts that you've been to in this last year? Uh, probably the Tech Nine one and Bone Thugs. Tech Nine is awesome. Yeah. I was totally jealous about the Bone Thugs. I've seen Tech Nine before, but the Bone Thugs that like me and Dan O'Mac that brings yes. back some memories. We were jealous when we heard you were going to see Bone Thugs. Where was that again? Was that in like a mall or something? It was in yeah, Cleveland. It was, it was in Cleveland at a mall. Cleveland at a mall. On like a Thursday night. <laughs> what kinds addition- of you got lined up? Huh? You got any that you're going to this year so far? Uh I think Tech nine in May. I'm not sure yet. So, in addition to going to wrestling shows, you're a big wrestling fan. You film. You um, like to go explore haunted and deserted, um, you know, deserted landscapes and, and buildings and whatnot. Are you also into gaming? Yes. So, do you, do you game with big cast? Sometimes. Sometimes. 
what's some of your favorite games to uh, uh to play? Mine, like right now. Yeah. Uh, Dying Light Two, and like Two K Twenty Two. That's really all I've been playing right now. Gotcha. Two K Twenty Two is the the new yeah. fresh, the new fresh yeah. thing out. Let me tell yeah. you a little secret about gaming with hard cam. <laughs> Better guy, than you, we know. <laughs> he has a really short attention span. He'll be playing one second, and next minute he's just gone. AF. He's still in the game, but you don't hear him on the mic. He, he won't be moving. <laughs> you hear my music. Back, you you, you like, hear my music. You would hear my hear my music though. <laughs> I do hear your music. ICP. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we'll change that once I pick up Dying Light 2. We're, we're gonna have, there's going to be a lot of communication in that, yeah. in that game. I'm, I'm excited. I hope so. Besides the video games, I could already see it on your back wall. You're quite the collector also. Yeah. And that's just the back wall that we see. We've that's, seen pictures. That, that's just my – you have yeah. an idea about how many wrestling figs you have? Uh, displayed it right now. Like a couple hundred. Shit. Yeah, he's yeah. one to he likes to open up the toys too, man. Like he lets him breathe. I have yeah. some, there's some on my wall. You just can't see it. Yeah, yeah. he's got so some are those on ex- back wall. So are those the ones that are worth money? Uh no, I just don't have room to open them. I don't have space. <laughs> They're dying in there. They're like, let me out. I seen you did find space for your, your new figurine that I gave you last Saturday. That's that, gotta be my favorite, right? Uh no, actually, my favorite's the my new. The- <laughs> you, you set him up, big cat. It was a layup. All he had to do was say, "Yeah." Knocked him down. Knocked him down. Hard. <laughs> like no, that that was on purpose. I we we, we stopped. Brandon froze again. He he did this earlier when we had Vinny oh, Ratlock on. Oh, that one. Not the Dread King one. The other one. Oh, you have a Dread King one. I do. Nice. Did Benny make that one, or who made that one? Uh, I think Benny made it. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I had Benny make one for uh, Justin Pilgrim. Yeah. He did a pretty sweet job on that. So, do you just collect wrestling figures? Yeah. Just okay. I have like a random Marvel Captain America up there somewhere, and like a Leatherface. That's about it. Which put all your Batman gear? Uh. One's hanging up. The rest is still in the bag. <laughs> well, that's all right. I, mine are still in the bag, too. I got to get stuff to hang on my walls. Right, I got to get a lot of stuff for this place. You guys all just went to Comic-Con together? Comic-Con. Yeah, Great Lakes Comic-Con. So uh, I'll tell you a little story about Great Lakes Comic-Con. No, it wasn't Great Lakes Comic-Con. Which Comic-Con did I go with you to, Josh? Um, Monroe, wasn't it? No, no, it, it, it was in no. Warren. So anyway, that was, a, that was when is, we. Okay, so this is the yeah. same one. Then it was pre-pandemic. It was the year that pandemic started. It was me, Big Jot or uh, Brokowski, Nick the Gooch, and one of their friends. Uh, we call him the uh, Red Bearded Vet. So we go, and Josh is like, "I'm not a big Comic Con person, but at the, I like wrestling." Oh, there's there's always a lot of wrestling stuff here. There's gonna be a lot of figs. We, uh, we go there. There is like two small booths that have wrestling figs, and the rest is all for for the comic nuts 
So needless to say, my first Comic-Con experience was not a positive one for me. Um, I was kind of in a Funko Pops at the time. I think I bought a couple of Funko Pops. But uh, yeah, I I didn't enjoy it. Josh sold it as if there's going to be all this wrestling stuff. And then he's like, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is going to be there. But they charge you just to breathe the same air that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was breathing. So I didn't get an autograph, a picture or nothing with them because it was way too expensive. It was like a shock to me on what, on what they charge. What? I think it was only like 20 bucks. Do what you had to like pay for a picture. You had to pay for an autograph. You had to pay everything. Simmons was 60 for a combo. Oh, that's right. You, you did meet Simmons. Yeah. Was that at the yep. show that you were at with them? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we both did. Yep. But that wasn't where you met Sting, was it, Josh? No, I met Sting at Autorama. Oh, okay. That, well, that's not Carhartt. I know that for a fact. That's, that's not Carhartt. Which, I was like, what the hell is that? Which, which dog is that since you guys have a zoo uh, of animals there at, at the house? Uh, this is Bella. It's Bella. She doesn't, she doesn't leave my side, ever. So, so we how- know how successful your YouTube channel is. We know that you're getting into the graphic design. You're going to school for it. You've put out some really awesome shit for some of these promotions. I didn't mean shit as in a bad thing, but you've put out some awesome stuff. Totally changed what we normally see from some of these promotions. I think um, the, my favorite is the horse slam one I made. I was getting ready to ask you yeah. which is your favorite one. It's the horror slam one. Is it for the murder city cup? Is that your fit? Now we got hard cam freezing. I think Brandon's joining us. So now we have hard cam froze. I didn't. what did you say? I said you were froze there for a second. So yeah. was it the murder city one? Yeah. Murder city death match. Yeah. That was a pretty sweet one. And the recent FU one I made. Oh, the week. FU and an F5 show. Yeah. Now, did you do the one for the show that just ended or the new show coming up? I did the one that's for the show last week. The one show last two week. weeks. Yeah. Josh, I'm sorry. I, I, I cut you off. Go, uh, go, go ahead and ask, ask Frio what you wanted to ask him. I can't even think of it. Oh, yeah. It was back to the Comic-Con. How much did you enjoy going to that with us? What Was it fun? Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Did, did we influence you to buy all that stuff? Uh, no, I just thought it, Good. it was, it was okay. cool. <laughs> that was Those another thing, cool, Dan. That was another thing at Comic Con that I went to with them. It was like a shock to me seeing how much they were just spending and yeah, spending. The, I think I spent 20 bucks that day, and they I spent, spent like I spent almost 200. Yeah, that's yeah. that. that's a normal Comic Con for Josh. Yeah, I spent around 200 too. It's worth it, though. You get really cool shit. Yeah. That you usually leave in the bag, but you end up pulling it out and going like, hell yeah! I no, bought I this. Ha- this is awesome. I hung out that hopeless disappointment side. Yeah! <laughs> yes! Yes! That's a good one. That was only 10 bucks, too. I know. Yeah. I got my... Uh, delete my browser history. I got it sitting in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> So you gotta wash your hands. That's that's what you see. <laughs> Big Kaz, are you back? I yeah, I think I am. All right. So we've asked Frio a lot. Was there anything that you want to ask Frio 
And if we've already asked them that, we'll uh, we'll tell you. You know, I don't have anything else to ask, but I do have something to say about this kid. He's very humble. You know, he says he doesn't know, you know, when you ask him his stuff. And uh, I don't want to say he keeps to himself, but he doesn't think he's bigger than he is in this business. Um, I know there's been people that's given him shit. But fuck all those haters. Hard Kim Faria was pro wrestling edge approved. He is a good friend of the show. We love seeing him at shows. We love hanging out with him at shows. I've taken a handful of road trips with this guy. Um, I hope he continues on with this video, hoping this schooling does well for him, puts his mind to his art. This is what it is. It is art. It is more than a hobby, in my opinion, even though he only thinks it's just a hobby. And he can only go up from here. 10,000 plus subscribers on YouTube. He's got videos with half a mil views on it. Ringing that money, boy, to YouTube. Tell him to cut that check for you. But I just want to say, on behalf of Pro Wrestling Edge, man, we love you, dude. Thank you for coming on and doing this with us. Talking a little bit. You're getting to tell a little bit of your story. People around here, they know. And now you're going to be heard by people that don't those youtube views and subscribes to go up a lot more so i i just want to say i don't know what else everybody else got to say but i want to say something about him as to um hard cam frio busts his ass on everything that he does now i might have a little bit of a different view on him because i know his mom and i worked with her and i heard a lot about hard cam when he was not doing what he's doing now and he's always been someone that's busted his ass. So um, keep killing it. Keep doing what you're doing and don't let anyone deter you from continuing to grow. You haven't had that YouTube channel that long, have you? I've had it for under a year. March of like March 21st this year will be one year. Okay, so we're coming up to a year. Yeah. And you have over 10,000 yeah. subscribers. Keep busting your ass, boy. I don't don't let anyone tell you that you can't do what you're doing because you're proving people wrong. Keep it up. Keep working hard. Keep doing what you do. And like Big Cass said, you're pro wrestling edge approved. Cool. Okay, but you have anything to tap? There you go. There it is. <laughs> One word sums it all up. Cool. <laughs> But no, hard cam, you bust your ass. I mean, what am I going to do? Just repeat what, Brand, what Big Kaz and Dan just said. You're pro wrestling approved. We love the shit out of you. You know, the three of us are going to see you Sunday. Me and Jaybird will see you Thursday night at the Murder Cup. So of course, I'm not going to miss that shit. Oh. And we can't wait to see the, the videos that you put out for the Murder Cup because – have, you know how those death matches go. Yeah. It goes to the crowd. You can't see nothing over here, but you see Hard came over there, squeezing between everybody's legs and getting the shot so that way everybody can see that shit. And we, we greatly appreciate what you do, man. <sighs> and if nobody else does, then fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> well, uh, well, thank you, Frio. We appreciate you for coming on. 
Um, and like I said, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, we'll see you this week. See you, Joe. Love you, baby boo. That was hard cam for you. Hard cam for you. Again, if you got, all you got to do is just type in. Just, you're on Facebook. You're on Twitter. You're on Instagram. We all know it. You're on YouTube. Just type in hard cam Frio and you're going to find his stuff. It's that simple. Hard cam F-R-I-O. Free O. He man. also has he a Brain Buster Tea store. Yep. He has a Brain Buster Tea store oh, now, right. too. Yep. He's got, See, hats, and, he's got hats and a shirt up, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Hats and a shirt. So just like yep. you support us, go support our brother. Yeah. Once again, that's hard cam Frio. Not hard cock for you, because you'll get a whole other thing that'll pop up. Don't don't look That's at right. that. That's yeah, right. don't Google that. Don't Google for that. Sure. Hard cam for you. <laughs> and also, don't forget this Saturday, March 19th, down at Franklin, Indiana, ZPW Panic at the Dojo Part 2 of Mojo Dojo. We'll be going down at the Franklin Jiu-Jitsu Mojo. Club. 1.30 is the doors. 2 p.m. is the bell time. I believe he said there was only uh, four. 30. Was 30 tickets. 30 tickets left. Yep. But I thought it was less than that. But yes. get yes. them uh, now for 15 or get them at the door for 20. Let's sell that place out. And also, Sunday, we'll be at Flop House. We're gracious enough to go back down there. To Flop House, Indiana. So we're very excited for that. And with that, we bid you adieu. Peace. Pro Wrestling Edge would like to thank their partners, Rue Psychedelics and Whirlwind Productions, Detroit. Welcome to the new beginning.